0: be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
2: Hey, this is Danko Jones. You're listening to Cobras and Fire. Rock's not dead. You found it.
3: You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast featuring special guests.
1: Tango Jones. The time is now you gotta jump off the side. That's like
3: Fire, you, my name is Baco, and I am joined by the dankalicious Luz Cannon. Uh, Luz, how are you this morning?
4: I'm doing great. I'm calling from the Cobra Mobile Studio, mm. and as always... You didn't
3: sign it I... out. I planned on using it today.
4: Say it again? Oh, you, you did?
3: You didn't sign out the the Cobra Mobile Studio, so uh, I need you to return it, uh, stat.
4: Okay, that's fine. I, I did. I forgot about looking at the looking at our uh, our reservations. The protocol. The yeah. Well. Anyway. Well. I, you know, as I always do, um, I am actually calling from a parking lot. Um, I was about to rent a car because we we're having car issues, and there's there was a huge line. So, I, as always, when I'm in a situation where I have to wait, I immediately go to my car and think, can I record a podcast right now?
3: That's. A, I do that basically. You know. I, you know. Anytime I use a public restroom.
4: Sure. You're like, this another opportunity. Uh, Five minutes, bust out an episode. I got to take so a poop and total
3: wine. Let's give Lucy a call.
4: <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, what are we here to, to intro here? We're introing some, some Danko, yes?
3: Yeah, you know, one of the guys, uh, well, he's clearly uh, a pretty prominent fixture in in our podcast history right i mean he had a lot to do with us getting together and all that good stuff uh yep. and, and we're both big fans that kind of thing yeah
4: he's just basically a spirit animal he's kind of like the the example of you know if you want to just define just pure rock and roll just say put on a dangle album it's got all the elements of kind of what this this podcast uh has you know a little bit old a little bit new but it's all it's all there
3: right yeah, no, um, yeah, you, you've had a chance to listen to it. Uh, any general thoughts? Uh, were, you, were you pleased with, with the interaction I had with Danko? Oh, you got to talk to him the first time, so I yep. cut in line this time. I was like, no way, it's my turn, bro. <laughs> That's
4: right. No, it was great. I was glad we got to, in this uh, album promotional cycle. I will, I'll, before I go to the interview, I just want to say this much. His album coming out is called Rock Supreme, and I have heard, uh, he's trickled out four singles since the end of last year. I will tell you this much. Those first singles already, I was like, this is going to be um, from production, and, and I just dug them so much. I was like, this is going to be the best since Below the Belt, which is my favorite. But then, on the beginning and end of this episode, you played two I haven't heard, and I'm like, Pfft, that sealed the deal. Those six mm-hmm. right there, love them. I love those two you put on this episode more than the other four.
3: <laughs> I, yeah, the, my, my my three favorite tracks uh, on the record are uh, not the four he's released, and I've enjoyed just the four awesome. he has. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, you know, I, it, it seemed like uh fire music and then black cat kind of were, we're we're stepping back into the right direction because and he talks about it in the interview kind of being at a low point yep. uh during uh what's like black gives way to blue what's that record called rock and roll rock and roll is black is and blue black and blue yeah yeah so that you know and I, I, that was like the first danko record i bought so it was a little disappointing for me you know because i i i you know listened and streamed some stuff like on youtube but uh this is really before streaming services took off as much sure. and uh so you know it wasn't i was a little disappointed the first one i buy is kind of a fucking turd
4: yeah i'm glad you came around to that because i think you're like oh, that's pretty good like, yeah at the time play. i th- well you
3: know i was really you know i was really enjoying this i had this new euphoric sense of like i'm finding new music again you know uh sure. and so some of the, the like because i had you know some of his earlier stuff you know he had videos on and those are the the big tunes, right? So I kind of carried that into Black way to or Rock and Roll's Black and Blue. But sure. the, there's a few good songs on there. I just
4: there's two, there's two good songs. There's Beautiful Day and there's uh, uh the last track, the the God. Yeah, there, I believe is. in I believe in God or whatever. Yep, yep. But uh, oh. anyway, but the, the point is, is that the interview is great i mean i'm not going to even reveal it there's a couple podcasts i've already subscribed to from his recommendations <laughs> and, and things like that and uh i think he was very honest with with the ups and downs of his his career touring uh you hit a bunch of different things and i think it's it's great also i always say is you passed the douchebag test because i think you were only slate, slated for 25 minutes to a half hour and you're with him for about an hour so yeah, well done do.
3: yeah no, it was uh it was a good loose chat uh you know, I mean, and that's kind of the, the way I, that, that I think I, I find more enjoyable to listen to. So I'm always happy when I when I can accomplish that. So, yeah, I'm pleased with the way it turned out. And uh, I guess I think everybody else is going to dig it, too. I, I will make one correction. I, I incorrectly said the article i wrote for decibel geek was called the greatness of danko jones i was trying to to say that i wrote the article and then the first episode that we did was called the greatness of danko jones sure anyway and then it came up later and i just kind of rolled with it so uh for anybody listening there is no article that i wrote it was i think it was a record review for danko that got your attention and then one of the very first two episodes we recorded i can't remember if it was the first one or not but was the greatness of danko jones
4: Yes, yes. And don't go so, back uh, and it, listen to that. <laughs> no, no. We, we, we say uh, the first, uh, ah, at least start at episode 15 to 20 forward. Maybe the Motley Crew, yeah. all things end with Chipotle, all bad things forward. But uh, you go further, that's kind of like uh, our Harder Than Hell production uh uh, era,
3: <laughs> pretty much, yeah, yeah. We're we're still
4: uh,
3: we we were uh, ignorant jackasses. Now we know what we're doing, and we're jackasses.
4: So correct, we refined, refined, yeah. We refined the, uh, the, <laughs> we refined the stupidity. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Jack there Assery. you go. Yeah. I got nothing else to say to you. No, let's get down to some Danko. When she got that look in her eyes,
1: she'll hypnotize the, the whole room. She comes to a fire. She's more than fine, and mean man, well, I love the song and dance, fall in a trance. I get the feeling it's in season to start retreating on her advance, and there's that something in the way that she walks into a room, while other times she's already on my mind, never too soon, I can tell it's all a disguise. I see the glint in her eyes Makes me fall even harder I want to tell her I don't want to be here I want to be with her tonight Everybody says the girl's not fun Stuck up thinks she's better than everyone They only see what's on the outside But that girl's the one Can't hesitate if she wants me tonight
3: I'd like to welcome to the program uh, Danko Jones. Welcome back, Danko. Uh, how are you today?
2: Uh, doing good, good, doing great.
3: You know, um, a few years back, I was kind of uh, in a, in in a moment of I don't know, like uh, musical lethargy. I I'd kind of given up on new music for the most part. Uh, I'm talking rock and metal, which is you know my forte. But uh, one of the guys on the metal show had talked about Danko Jones, and I hadn't heard of you. And so, it, just on a whim, I went and checked it out. And I, the first song I heard was "Rock and Roll Proletariat," and I that was like a very first step to kind of re-energize me. I mean, since that point, I've been kind of like almost like a you know like a teenager again, rediscovering all sorts of great new rock and roll. And uh, you're responsible for that. You're also kind of responsible for me and my host starting this podcast, as it was a article I wrote about you called "The Greatness of Danko Jones" that got his attention, and he uh, <laughs> asked asked me to uh, to start a start a show with him. So, oh, cool! Thank you very much for your contribution to our program.
2: <laughs> well, I'm 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 glad to hear that. That's crazy, but uh, uh, wow, that's flattering.
3: Yeah. Well, I want to start off on a good good note. You know what I mean? Get things moving in the right, right. way. But <laughs> right. You know, you 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 host your own podcast, obviously the Danko Jones podcast. Do you listen to a lot of other podcasts?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what listening to a lot is, but I, I do listen to a, a few. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe like five or six regularly, maybe more, but yeah, there's like yeah, maybe like five or eh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what? Uh, I just don't know. I don't know what what a lot is. That's probably a podcast. lot.
3: I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty vague term. I wasn't trying to to pin you down on a math equation or anything, but uh oh, okay. Um, right. what do you look for? Like what 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 type of um what what draws you into a podcast? I guess we're talking on one now. You know.
2: Right. Well, I mean, um, my favorite podcast is Tiger Belly, uh, and I listen to that religiously. So that's that's my number one, and that's that's hosted by Bobby Lee, who's a comedian and an actor. Uh, so that's my favorite podcast. And then after that, I like uh, the Vinyl Guide with Nate Goyer. I like uh, WTF with Mark Marin, Turned out a punk with Damien Abraham. Um, I listen to a I listened to a Canadian centric podcast called Canada land. And there's another <laughs> podcast. It's a music podcast called famous lost words, the Canadian podcast, but it's uh it's, it's it basically airs old interviews from an archive of, of a radio station, I believe. And they go way back, like, you know, Elton John and in, in, you know, 75 or something like that, or, or you know, old, Diana Ross interviews or old Neil Young interviews, you know, and it, it's great because we're inundated by all these interviews that are today, like current, present interviews. But it's fun to listen to, you know, all those interviews still exist and it's it's a, an immediate um, uh, time machine back to how it used to be, you know, beyond the albums. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's called Famous Lost Words. Famous Lost Words. I also words. listen to Yeah, the JASTA show. There's another uh, podcast in the UK, Life in the Stocks. A friend of mine does a Nick Flanagan weekly podcast. Um, Yeah, yeah, those are pretty much it, I think. Oh, and the Henry Rollins podcast I listen to. I
3: like that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what you you kind of touched on a couple things just in in the in the podcast you um that you're interested in that uh, I've noticed obviously with your writing and of course your podcast and your music that you you definitely you you come across as um one of the most passionate and self-aware rock musicians out there that I can think of. You know, for I I can kind of look back now and pinpoint that hearing Kiss Alive 2 when I was 7 kind of set my path. In life, do you kind of have that moment looking back that uh, that you knew basically, or at least in hindsight, you can say, "Yep, that was when music took over."
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I did join the Kiss Army when I was six, <laughs> so I, I got Kiss Live. That was my first uh, rock album, so I guess that would be a big deal, especially when Kiss wrote me back. That was actually the biggest thing. Um, and so once they wrote me back, you know, I kind of became a fan for life, sort of, so to speak. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, and then over the years, yeah, there was moments where I found out about a band and I, I, I really got into it, you know, more than anything else in life to get into, you know. Uh, I really found myself just completely obsessed with, you know, whatever the music was. So I kind of knew, but I I kind of knew all the time. But I kind of also fooled myself because I I I knew, realistically speaking, you know, to to be in a band as as your your career or job or occupation, that was, I mean, at least in the circles that I I was in, that was a ridiculous idea.
3: <laughs> Going back to like maybe while you're still in high school, would it? Uh, for did it like kind of take a lot of your attention away from like the ability to focus in school at all? <laughs> it did for me.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm sure if I had <laughs> if I didn't have music in my life and you know maybe interest somewhere else, it, it just wasn't as passionate. Uh, I could have focused more on schoolwork. Yeah, definitely, definitely.
3: You know, I, I I really liked your article the the writing you used to do for the the Huffington Post. Um.
2: I, oh, thanks.
3: You're going to have to... I, I'm going off of memory here, but you did uh, one... There's a couple I wanted to talk about, but one of them was about how yeah. the vinyl revival and something... In, and I don't remember exactly how you said it, but it was something along the lines of, like, you know, people are almost treating these things like they're an artifact of some sort when, you, you know, your opinion was they're meant to be opened, played, you know, the, 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 the point is to hear the music on the record, not, uh, you know, put it away forever or something like that. Does, does that
2: ring a bell? Oh, yeah, because... Yeah because I mean even now when you buy a record um it comes with a digital download which is really convenient. Yeah. But that means that once you've downloaded the album that's what you listen to you 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 archive the actual vinyl yeah. uh, away and you never touch it. <laughs> and that's that's fine if you're a collector but like I don't really understand how people who just started collecting vinyl are suddenly collectors now (laughs) I mean I just (laughs) I find the notion ridiculous it's just that's it's just a pose is basically what I'm trying to say because you've been collecting your whole life
3: basically or
2: but the reason for for me collecting vinyl wasn't because I wanted to look cool and have a big collection so I could show off and and go hey look you know look how I don't know what people are thinking but I, I would assume it's that you're cool my whole reason for collecting vinyl was because CDs were exploding and people were unloading their co- record collections and ah. and you can only get you can get them for like $3. Like albums now that go for, you know, $40, $50, I could have <laughs> you could buy them for 5 bucks. Well, for $20 I can walk into a used record store and come out with three or four albums. Mm-hmm. So to me it was more of a a, a a a way. This is before the internet. A way to listen to as much music, f- you know, for as little money as I I, I possibly could. And, and and you know, I didn't have a lot of money at all. So, you know, ten bucks if I could get two albums instead of one, mm-hmm. well wow, then then I I I win. You know, and I didn't care if it was on if it was used and someone owned it before. And I I didn't care if the speakers I had weren't the best. In fact, they were probably the worst. <laughs> and uh, as long as I could hear the, the music, that was all that yeah. counted. That, there a, that's another thing is um, uh, people put an emphasis on, you know, the, the, uh, the stereo system that they have and, and how, how, how high tech it is. It's always been this way. And I've never, ever put any emphasis on that. My whole thing, uh, growing up, I, I had one of the early Walkmans, like my parents got it for really cheap, and uh the one I got and it was it was a Sanyo, and the one I got had it came with speakers that you can plug into the headphone jack and you can listen to it you know without listening to the headphones and those were my that was my stereo system when I was growing up and so you know a lot of people don't understand when I'm really vocal against cassettes is because I lived with. I grew up on cassettes, you know, and that's another fetishized piece of furniture now. Or cassettes, people yeah, I, think they're I don't they're understand so cool. that one. Well, that's because you probably lived <laughs> through it like I did, where <laughs> I guess, yeah, they unraveled. I
3: mean,
2: yeah. Yeah, they they unraveled it. At, you know, when you were, I don't know. The worst is when you you they would unravel and. That was the only cassette you brought in. You're two hours away from home. And so you, now you have to go home on the bus in silence. That was the worst. Those yeah. were the worst. And that's why when I hear people, you know, fetishizing cassette, I'm just, I, I remember how they didn't live through it. You know, they didn't know how, they don't know how really bad it is because if they did, they'd never touch it.
3: Do you ever stick a pen in your, in your cassette to rewind it to save on the battery?
2: Well, I I had to yeah, I had to stick a pen on it, a, a pencil in yeah. inside the cassette because because it had unraveled and the only way to do it usually was with a pe- pencil, a certain pencil that <clears throat> um that's that fit perfectly in the cassette cuz <laughs> if you did it quickly or too quickly or haphazardly, then the tape would wrap it around <laughs> itself and then you'd have to throw it away. And, and I've thrown away so many cassettes because of that, mm. you know, and, and you have to rebuy, uh, an album. And, 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 at the time when I didn't have a lot of money to spend on cassettes, I'm not going to rebuy something I know. Uh, and so I did, I don't buy it again and that yeah. sucks. <laughs>
3: Do you, uh we're seeing the same thing now with we basically CDs are based unloaded for next to nothing. Uh are you, are you stocking up yeah. on those?
2: I have to say actually um I'm selling a bunch of a bunch of CDs this afternoon. Funny <laughs> you should ask. Um but I'm keeping a whole bunch as well, yeah. you know, but there's a lot that I don't I don't need because I've got doubles of or okay. I've got an MP3 of or or I look at it and I go, you know, I haven't really put this in a CD machine in the last five years. So really, why am I keeping this? Am I keeping it because I, I just want to have it around and look at it, which is fine. But I also like, I mean, you know, I don't know, I, I've reached the point in my life where, you know, I, I don't need to keep it just because it is what it is. I, I know what it sounds like. And I have quick access to it by other means you know the vinyl thing is different because i grew up well fascinated by it but also it's part of a ritual that i grew up with that is very psychologically um relaxing to me
3: we talk about that a lot on the show the whole the act of like you know pulling it out of the sleeve placing it on the platter you you know you, you just going through everything, and, and and I do think if people are doing that, that's great if it's reviving for that reason.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, it, you know, I, I say that about CDs, how I, I I don't need to keep it because I can listen to it somewhere else. And But I do that with vinyl, though. The funny thing is I do that with vinyl. Like, I, I, I have vinyl that I haven't played in years, but I, I'm never going to get rid of it.
3: You know, How big because, is your record collection? Your vinyl collection?
2: Oh no, it's not that big. That's another thing about my collection, and I didn't realize it until someone pointed it out to me. But I have always uh, uh, sold my vinyl and then bought more vinyl. Or, or my, okay. my my collection basically goes up and down. It it, it 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 becomes bigger than it is, and then I get rid of a whole bunch. It's just this, yeah. So right now, I think, safe to say, I've got maybe 1,500 records. <laughs>
3: That's not big. Records.
2: <laughs> no, it's not. Because I know, I know people who have, like, extensive collections. And I look at their collections and I go, I'm not even in the same game. I'm not Fair even enough. in the same ballpark as you guys. So <laughs> if I had my way, trust me, I would have probably three times that much or four times. Yeah. I look at, like, I don't know if you know that DJ... DJ Kubert, they did a little special on his collection and it's extent it's huge cuz he's a DJ, but you know and there's also a lot of promos and a lot of blank vinyl and all this stuff. Um but just the, the size of it is is something I saw and just said, "Fuck, I would love that size, you know. I would love <laughs> that amount of of records at my at my disposal when I wake up in the morning.
3: Just kind of stare at them and smell it and
2: yeah, just it's fun. It, it makes an immediate connection with the music, rather than scrolling through Spotify or iTunes yeah. and and just playing it. Even though I do that a lot too, and probably more so than spinning vinyl these days, because you know, I'm traveling and and all that.
3: Well, vinyl, you, you you almost have to have time set aside for it. Where. Everything else you can just yeah. kind of pull up as you go. Um, yeah, I do like yeah, uh, yeah. kind of something you just said there. It, there is, because uh, music itself can kind of pull you back to a moment in time, but I, I think vinyl more than like other like CDs or cassette can also do the same thing, just kind of holding it, remembering when you first opened it and uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, for me, it always goes back to Kiss because those are the only records I got as a kid, but, you know, all the little inserts in there. And and when I still, uh, you know, I, uh, I'll pull out my records and kind of throw them on the floor and make a mess, uh, it, it still reminds me of that fun time. So,
2: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a Pavlovian uh, reaction to it. For me at this point, it's more Pavlovian than... Then, uh, then I don't really need it. That sure. Type of thing. I don't. I don't really need it. I, I, I honestly don't. I mean, <laughs> <remember> <laughs> I I came home from a hall and I had, I, I think I bought twenty albums at a, at a record show. This is like going back maybe four or five months ago. Okay. And I got home. I put the stack down, and then I looked at my library, and I just said, you know what? I want to sell my whole collection. And the person I said it to just said, "You just came home and you bought with twenty new albums, and now you want to sell everything." So I, I, I just I, I do that now, and I didn't do that like ten years ago. But yeah. now I'm getting to the I'm getting to the point where I'm just I, I just don't know what to do. It's just it, it's just me being honest, and I still love the hunt. You know yeah. that's the problem.
3: Um. Well, before we get dedicate the whole show to that, um, I, I, I did want to mention another thing that, that you did for a couple years for your, your Huffington Post column, uh, uh, the stuff you had bought yourself for Christmas. Uh,
2: any updates, any
3: kind of weird, goofy <laughs> stuff you bought yourself the last couple years?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, you know, now it's kind of <laughs> it's <laughs> funny. It's quietly segued into, uh, I haven't really made this known, but I've started collecting comics again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now so, it's
2: known. so I, I, uh, I do collect and I'm only collecting certain titles. So I started collecting the first series of what if comic books and, uh, the dazzler series. Cause I thought that was something that I overlooked as a kid. I always thought that wasn't really worth collecting because it wasn't she wasn't wolverine um <laughs> but now that i'm older i think she's a like i think the comic book series is pretty wild you know yeah. so i'm collecting dazzler and what ifs
3: Oh, that, i love the, the what if series back in the day
2: yeah yeah there's two there's there's a, been a few series but the original 47 issues yeah. that's the one and then when i'm done that then I'm I'm fucking done that. I'm not going to move on to the other series. I'm just I just want those forty seven, awesome. and I might I'm toying with the idea of starting to collect ROM comics because <laughs> that that was another series. it all comic like late seventies eighties
3: era stuff that you're talking here.
2: Yeah, like you know the robot ROM. Yeah. I always overlooked that. I thought that was again I that ROM with Dazzler. I thought those were pretty lame. Um, characters when i was a kid but yeah. now that i'm older i'm like wow this is pretty cool actually so um i'm am toying with that idea but i don't really care if i don't either <laughs> you know what i mean sure i don't care so and 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 the dazzle thing i'm not like driving to comic book shows uh, outside of town to <laughs> to find this you I, I i if i'm just you know if i'm walking by and or if i'm if something's happening in town then i'll 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 check it out okay
3: Oh, well, you, your column, though, is responsible for me almost immediately tracking down a bootleg Casablanca t-shirt that I paid way too much for but was super happy to get. Never even dawned on me that I'd like something like that until I read your column, but... Love
2: it! Oh man, you can find the Casablanca shirt like a new one. You don't have to get yeah. a vintage one, but no, that's what eBay, I got. They, yeah, but like, it was like I don't yeah. know after
3: shipping it was like almost forty bucks, but <laughs> whatever.
2: Well, yeah, that's that's the reason why I don't go on eBay anymore because I mean at least in Canada for some reason the postage has jet ja- like they've jacked up postage and handling. It's crazy now. Huh. I don't buy vinyl on eBay anymore. I haven't logged on and. In maybe two years, okay. I, I, it's just pointless because you can buy an album for you know let's say fifteen twenty dollars, but postage is like thirty dollars. It's ridiculous. I I I'm, I just refuse. So
3: yeah, I sent uh, I sent a package to a Canadian friend of mine about a year ago, and yeah, you're right. It wasn't very heavy, and it was like twenty five thirty bucks or something like that. It was kind of ridiculous. It's
2: ridiculous. Yeah, it's it I you know I I don't get it.
3: I did want to talk to you about KISS a little bit because it sounds like, well, we, we share at least a similar level of passion for them. Um, do you collect KISS at all? Like their, their, their memorabilia yeah. at all?
2: Yeah, okay. So here's the thing. KISS played last night in Toronto. I didn't go. I, my, my fandom is not – I didn't even know they were playing, to be honest with you. <laughs> my, fa- my fa- Someone texted me. You should have been opening. He said, uh, well, yeah, he, he, he texted me and he said, uh, are you here? I go no, man. I'm at home. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, I, I am a fan. Uh, but I'm not. My fandom isn't blind.
3: Oh yeah, same so here. So I,
2: yeah. So I know there's people who, who will buy everything, and I, I'm just not. You maybe when I was maybe, uh, maybe ten years ago, or you know even further back, I would have bought stuff that I could anything, but. I don't need it. You know, once I got the, um, Kistory books, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done. That's okay. all I need. Really. I don't need, I don't need anything. That's a else. good
3: spot to check out.
2: Yeah. You know, like I, what else is there after that? Especially history one, nobody needs Kistory two. <laughs> um, but Kistory one. Was
3: <laughs> I wish you would have told me that pretty, before I bought it. Yeah. it's garbage, isn't it? it? It is pretty garbage,
2: but you know, just having those two things, I don't need anything else. And I also have the, uh, the giant Kiss comic book compendium hardcover they put yeah, out. Yeah, okay, I don't. So you're talking those, about. I don't need anything else. I, I, don't need, I don't need a T-shirt. I don't need, like, I don't know. And, and plus, I honestly feel that it's, like, I, I don't, I, I, I with Tommy and Eric, it's, they're cool and very capable musicians, but they're, if they're to join Kiss, they have to have their own makeup. And that's a big thing to me. Me too. I, I really feel, I just, because when Eric joined and when Vinny joined, they had their own makeup, and that made sense to me. I accepted them easily, easily. I yeah. easily accepted them. But you can't wear Ace's makeup. That's, that's Ace Freely's makeup. If they set the precedent when, when they made Eric the fox. They set the precedent. I'm not going by my own rules. These are the rules they set. So that's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not into it, man. I, I, I'm just not into it. I'm just not into it. I and you know the new music is, is cool, and they can do whatever they want. It's their band. It's not mine. Yeah. But I don't have to. I don't have to be like a huge booster like I was when growing up, and and like I am up till about I don't know, like lick it up, asylum. Like that's where I. I pretty much say bye. I like revenge, but that's about it.
3: Okay. Um, I, I, I would have been happy if they would have just walked away after the first farewell tour. Um, that would have been a nice yeah, to end w- for me.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I do believe that they would have enough money to last a few more <laughs> lifetimes so they wouldn't have to work.
3: Yeah, even if they gave some of it to Peter.
2: Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, whatever.
3: I don't know if you're aware or not, but they have a like a like a, a a painter of some sort as an opening act right now. Like he comes out and paints a big mural for 15
2: minutes. I did not know that. I we
3: talked about it on our show. The reason I bring it up and the reason I said you should be opening it's like you know Gene Simmons made that whole rock rock is dead spiel. It would be nice instead of a painter maybe you did something about it and give like a a younger band or somebody that isn't on their level a little bit of an exposure. You know.
2: Uh yeah that's a good point. um, I guess they would argue back that they have the kiss crews for that, but
3: I guess it's not yeah the they 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 do bring people on there so
2: i yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's another character that has <laughs> turned me off of the band i'm yeah. I'm just not really into what he's said the different things he's said about different topics and subjects, whereas I believe Paul Stanley carries himself with more class like a publicly. Bit. Yeah, so I, I I'm more Team Paul, but I, and I have nothing against Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer. I think they're they're great sure. musicians and everything. But <clears throat> but I, yeah, those are that's those that's what I feel like. That's those are my my problems with the band or issues or what have you.
3: Well, Let me switch gears a little bit and ask you. Um, there's just something that, that I, I thought was a curious topic to bring up to you. Are there bands or records that you really love that you also understand why a lot of people don't agree with you? Like they either hate them or dislike the record? Uh, An example for me would be, oh, yeah. shoot. Um, like I really like the the sound of Hotter Than Hell, but I I, I get why people think it sounds bad to them. Or oh,
2: are you talking about Kiss? The, well, no, the just biography? in general, I
3: just, I, we were talking about Kiss, so the first thing that pops into my head is a Kiss reference. There's a lot of bands that, that, that I like that I understand why they were Well, you know what, I, Tommy Thayer was in Black and Blue. I really enjoy Black and Blue a lot, uh, but I get why they didn't turn into Bon Jovi, if that makes any sense. I I get why. Right? Do you do you do you do you have that same self awareness with things that you're very passionate about, or do you almost think everybody else is wrong?
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I get you. No, no, I I understand why. You know, I like certain things, and I I give it up to the fact that you know my taste is just just not very popular. So I I'm resigned to that. I'm I'm totally fine with sure. Yeah, lots of stuff I like that people don't really like. And and sometimes I'll even say like, Oh, you won't like this. This is terrible. <laughs> but I love it. A lot
3: of rock and metal fans can be very, you know, I don't know, uh, boisterous about their, their 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 favorites.
2: Sure, but I mean I understand why people don't like metal church or Queensryche, <laughs> but I do. You yeah. know, certain, certain there's certain albums I do. In fact, before I called you, I was listening to Queensryche. Why know? I don't know. Which record in the new I one? I don't by know, but I I was actually just listening to Operation Mindcrime, okay. <laughs> uh. but uh, and I haven't in years, so that it was weird that we were talking about this, but. Um, uh, yeah, there's tons of albums that I just know nobody will like, but for some reason, different reasons why, I, uh, I like them. Yeah, Metal Church is a great example of a band that, um, like, I love The Dark, and that's not a very popular album at all. No, Nobody I know likes that band or likes <laughs> that album. So I get it, but I love the album, and I, 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 I really do... Genuinely like metal church. Okay. So I get it. You know, sure.
3: Um, uh, what about like uh, when it comes to your your own music? Uh, you know, you, you get it's very fun to talk about music, but when you create your own music, you kind of put the same kind of like. Uh, I don't know, judgment, so to speak. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but when you look at your own records, do you go, ah, Danko kind of missed it on that one, or, you know, because like, the fans will really dissect everything.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, we're our greatest critics. I mean, I think you ask most people that, they'll tell you. Um, yeah, I, I, I. what I don't like is when, you know, we're in a room or in some place that's public where there's a stereo system and, whoever's there decides to start playing a a, a mix of our songs. Oh. Um, then I just, I, I I can't even concentrate because then I start fixating on the sound and, and if it's any good. Um, and I don't like to hear it back publicly like that. I, I can do it privately, but I can't do it publicly. Um, and sometimes, you know, the errors and the mistakes and, you know, start, start, really sticking out for me in, in those situations. So it's hard for me to listen to, like, our albums in that setting. Um, but, yeah, like, there's albums in our discography that I, I think we missed the mark for one we – and I, sometimes I can't go into it publicly why we did, <laughs> but I know why we did. You know, and uh-huh. I, privately I could – we all know why. You know, I, I think Never Too Loud was a, a weak album. Um, the mix was terrible, uh, but the demos were great. If everybody had, you know, heard the demos, and we had stuck to the demos, then it would have been uh, a great successor to "Sleep Is the Enemy," um, "Rock and Roll Black," and "Rock and Rolls Black and Blue." Uh, that was the result of um, a recording session that was rife with tension and arguments, and it just wasn't cool. It wasn't a good. It wasn't a good time. I, I had a terrible time. JC had a terrible time. And there's a lot of takes on that session that were rushed. Um, it was just terrible. It wasn't organized well time-wise. We spent too much time talking about stupid shit when we should have just been like recording. Sure. And then there's other albums like Wildcat and Fire Music and, and our new one, A Rock Supreme, where maybe it's because... Well, I know it is because the vibe is better in the band. We all laugh and have a good time together, and we don't have to talk shit out. We just get to the business of making some rock with really talented people who are helping us, like, of course, Garth Richardson and Eric Ratz. I mean, it just makes a better album. You just concentrate on fucking tones rather than like, I don't like how you spoke to me about my... (laughs) you know, my take uh, playing my instrument yesterday, like that shit, you know, and that only happens if there's someone with a huge, giant ego that is, you know, like a, you know, as fragile as you can imagine. And so everybody has to walk around their ego. And that's happened in several situations, several times over the years in our band. For one reason or another, there's always, been one person that kind of fucks up a really possibly great situation. <laughs> but now everybody's got a level head and is pretty grounded to know that, Hey, you know, this is really, you know, we, not everyone gets to do it. So let's just, you know, put all our stupid shit aside and have yeah. fun. It sounds really boring and lame to, to spell it out like that. But that's the truth. Like walking into a session in the morning And everybody's kind of, like, trying to crack each other up is a great start. And then you just get on with the business of making music. Uh, I don't mind arguing about songs, like sections and parts, and I'll argue whether we should have this section here or not. Like, that's a great positive argument to have.
3: Yeah, trying to to better the product.
2: Yeah, like, that's a discussion that's worth having. But I don't care, like... There's been times where I I can't believe <laughs> I mean it I would just if a camera had recorded this <laughs> it, it would have been a great sitcom Def, definitely so what ha, what the results are is speak for themselves I think you know the last three albums that we put out Fire Music Wildcat or, or Rock Supreme or I, I I can I can stand by them and I, I really love them all the rest of the albums we put out I love as well even Never Too Loud. But I love them for different reasons. A Rock Supreme, Wildcat, Fire Music. I just you can throw that on the stereo, and I'll be like, "Yeah, that's a fucking great album." I can I I, I want to hear it objectively. Yeah. And Born a Lion, I, I I love, and and We Sweat Blood, I really loved, and Sleep is the Enemy. Despite the craziness of the recording, I still think we came out with a great album. That. Actually, was pulling a rabbit out of a hat. To be honest with you, uh, for a variety of reasons, and below the belt was a great album as well.
3: Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the new album. I can give you my objective opinion. Um, at least it's somewhat objective. I I did write an article called "The Greatness of Danko Jones," um, so uh, I don't know how objective I can be. Uh, I, I'm I'm a bit of a fan, uh, but to me, it's 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 easily my favorite record since probably below the belt. Um, I, I think, oh, cool. I, I think, you know, almost every song it's I, I'm on a hot streak with new music this, these last few, uh, few months. This, I'm getting these records that after I digest a few times, like my favorite song moves around a bit and that's always encouraging, you know, like, well, when you right. start digging into to something else and this record has done that with me, Yeah, you, uh, you, you, you released dance, 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 but to me, the most danceable track on here was, um, a uh, party.
2: Yeah, that was definitely a dancey type song. I mean, we actually toned it down from other mixes where it was like it was. There's was no more rock on it. <laughs> it was like <laughs> where care. the fuck is the rock? <laughs> so um, it's got a little bit of punk yeah, in it that, too, though. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, uh, I think I'd like to think a lot of our songs have a, a lot of, of a punk rock uh, influence to them. Sure. Um, definitely. But I. I I, I, we re- we, it, this album's different. Like We've already released four singles in a weird way. We released We're Crazy last year. Burn in Hell we released at the top of this year, and, um, or the end of last year, and then we released Dance, 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 and then this week we released I'm in a Band as a lyric video. So there's four videos to go with this album before it's even released. There's a video for We're Crazy, there's a video for Burn in Hell, there's a video for Dance, 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 and there's a video for a uh, lyric video for uh, I'm in a Band.
3: Would you like to uh, explain to the listeners what I'm in a Band's
2: about? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, the joke.
2: <laughs> My anthem. I, I, I realized it yeah. after we had finished recording it, I, I, I do back all the lyrics. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, oh, it's just It's a about fun, catchy tune, wanting... man. It's a great great record opener. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't sequence the albums. J.C. sequences it, and that one just jumped out. It was an obvious choice even before he sequenced it. I think we all knew that this was going to be the opening uh, track.
1: Okay.
3: Um, I, a couple other standout tracks for me. I really enjoy That Girl, and a uh, great way to close the record with You Can't Keep Us Down. Uh, love them both. I mean, oh, the, cool. the album's great, but those are the three that really hit me.
2: Oh cool. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of the a lot of people who are like really into rock are are, are mentioning that girl. I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a Finn Lizzy vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Um yeah, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people are mentioning that girl.
3: Uh and uh, it's also encouraging as an American citizen to see you at least hit some tour dates in the United States. Do we think uh is there any chance a, a more widespread Danko Jones tour is going to come through?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we get all these comments, you know, um, online about how we never toured the States and, and how, oh, do you hate America? <laughs> and uh, But the, the the thing is, um, we've just never had an American label. In okay. 23 years, we've never been on an American label, and, and it's not because we haven't tried. Uh, we tried so much that we just stopped because it was impossible. No label wanted to work with us or No label wanted to sign us. I'm talking from, like, garage rock labels to, like, the biggest major label uh, you could find, and everything in between. Nobody wanted to put our records out, whether they were even a rock label. Um, And, of course, you know, we are not going to sign away everything on a 360 deal either. So sometimes those were the stipulations. So we needed to find a, you know, decent label. And M Theory Audio is the first legit, real label with a staff that understands the music we're doing you know we put out a la- we we put out a record a couple of records um we sweat blood and sleep is the enemy got an american release on a, a label called razor and tie but their whole thing was kids cds like kids pop um i think that was the name of the series where kids are singing popular uh oh, kids pop. B- kids b- Kids' Bop, Kids' Bop. They do the Kids' Bop series. So, really? signing us and then signing a, a a band called the Giraffes out of New York City, they were taking a stab at you know more heavier bands and trying something different. So we were encouraged. Plus there was someone at the label who was a big fan of our band. So we thought, okay. But that kind of you know fizzled out, especially when you know, age-old story, he left the label yeah. almost immediately. So that left us in a lurch. And so that was pretty much the only American label we've ever really been on, and it wasn't very fruitful. So if you don't have an American label, you really got no uh, – you, you have no one in America who will fight for you. Um, so so there's there's no reason to go there because – America is like 50 countries in one country, and you need the manpower and the money to take it on. You know, a lot of people think all it is is us. Oh, we just like call up some club, and then we play a bunch of shows, and people (laughs) will show up. Nobody's going to show up if a label isn't behind the band, pushing the band, and getting, getting the word out. We can't do it from home. We're too busy touring in other places. We can't do five things at once, you know? So it takes a team behind any band. Uh, if, if, whatever band you know that is beyond your, you know, regional area that you've heard of, 100% they've got a team behind them. Whether that team is like one person or 10 people, they've got a team behind them that is calling and emailing and, and pushing for them. And, and that's something we never really had, even when we were on and Tie. And then, of course, all the years in between, when we weren't on a label at all, There's like, we would still do some dates in America, and, you know, we lose money. And if we lose money, that's the bottom line. We can't be a band anymore. It's just, it's as simple as that, you know. Now, if a band like Kiss are not, touring America and they're touring everywhere else and you everybody knows they have the means to and everybody would show up to the gigs and everything, then you can start throwing out accusations that maybe they're avoiding America. <laughs> but for a band like us, we have no power, we have no sway, we're not known by anybody. And we need people like, you know, Don and Jim at, at that metal show have been, you know, our biggest boosters in the heavy community they in america they've they've turned on more people onto our band than any record label or any you know magazine or 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 video channel ever could or did they they they're like really responsible for you know getting our name out there in America, but even then you know we're a casual mention from them they're not you know pushing us twenty four hours a day so you know whoever they can glean from a mention. Of our band, that's great, but they're they're just you know doing their own thing. So it's, it's been hard, and so luckily for us, we've got you know places to play. We, we can tour Europe, we can tour Canada. Yeah. There's other other countries as well, other continents. So we're okay.
3: And we're in Canada. Are you? are you? Is it Toronto?
2: Yes.
3: So if you if you want, I can meet you at the Minnesota-Canada border, and I can drive you down to the Twin Cities here. We'll pu- put a show on in my backyard.
2: Well, just to <laughs> get to the border on the Canadian side for, from our part, if we were to get in a van, it would take us three days. <laughs> okay. It's insane. That's why right. Canada's pretty and, big. And we, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've played Minnesota. Um, yeah, with Volbeat, uh, I know. Yeah, but we did our own shows there. We we played it a couple of times. Okay. Uh, Minneapolis, yeah. And and so uh yeah, it was uh you know, lightly attended cuz nobody <laughs> knew who we were. You <laughs> I know, hadn't so we <laughs> Yeah, so we spent tours and tours like doing that shit yeah. and no one showing up. And that can break a band if, you know, that's all they've got on their plate. But luckily we would, we would just go, you know, okay, we got a week of this, eat it. And then we can go do that tour. And that tour will, will be a hell of a lot more productive than this one, but let's just get through this. So we've done the American tours. It's just nobody showed up. And then, and and then we get accused of avoiding America. (laughs) So it's been a hard kind of weird tightrope to walk
3: yeah. well i just uh, I i want to make it clear i was not making any accusations uh i, I no, just but it, it has to, to be stated
2: be, yeah it, it has to be stated because now that you know m theory audios is putting out the album and behind the band now i can i can i can say to you there there's a good chance that oh, we'll cool. hit we'll hit you know where we need to hit in america we did the west coast we got to do the east coast we 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 got to do uh you know middle america we, we you know we got to do it
3: you you mentioned something when you were talking about razor and tie that reminded me of something else you had said at some point i heard you mention something along the lines of like um it's it's almost a bigger challenge being in a straight up rock band than a metal band uh is do i have that quote right
2: yeah because um a met, being in a metal band or a punk band even an indie rock band whatever that is Um, There's an infrastructure behind that. There's a scene in a community that helps support it or at least puts you in the right context. And when you're put in the right context, you automatically get, if not a fan base, a certain amount of curious listeners. Whereas a rock band, there is no community in hard rock music um, the way there is in metal and punk there's no there's no community there's no infrastructure there's no websites dedicated to it there's no festivals dedicated to it it's simply like you know the token rock band on a, on a festival or it's you know co-opted by mainstream outlets and it they just say the word rock and it could be anything from a dance troupe to you know a, a pop singer to a heavy metal band to a kind of a soft rock band, like a 10 CC type thing. That's called, that's rock music. Chicago, late, late Chicago era music is, is rock music to people. And then motorhead is rock music to people. So there's no real definitive sound like there is for heavy metal, even within heavy metal. You take any, like take, um, death heaven or, or, or death spell Omega or, or, uh, emperor. That's still, that, that is as wide f- and far from a band like Metallica or Anthrax, um, but it's still under the umbrella of metal, so it's still within the community. So you can have disparate sounds within the community, and, and it still has its the fan base remains, and you still have at least, if anything, curious parties who will check out your band. Whereas in rock, there's nothing like that. Even though, you know, a band like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard um, sound a million miles from, uh, at least in my, to, to me, a million miles away from, like, let's say Greta Van Fleet. It's, to me, there's still, still two rock bands, but there's really no community that binds those two bands together. Gotcha. Like, there is a community that binds Metallica, Metallica to Emperor. Or you know what I mean? So so or Metallica to Mayhem, even though it's two different scenes, two different types of people who would even end up going to those shows, it's still under the umbrella of metal. Whereas in rock music, there's no such thing.
3: That's a really uh, interesting point. I never hadn't really thought about it in that level. I, I was in a rock band that that never had any success for 20 years. Maybe that's why. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's hard for a rock band just to call yourself a hard rock band or a rock band these days. It's better to call yourself like, oh, we play, you know, very specific type of music. We play like black metal. Okay. Okay, well then, man, that's, you have suddenly a community behind you, you know?
3: Well, Danko, it has been a pleasure. Like I said, uh, you are responsible for a lot of positive uh, things happening for me personally in music, whether it be this podcast, discovering a lot of new music, or just you know, reopening my eyes. Um, so thank you for coming on the show.
2: Thanks for having me. I, I d- didn't know about your article, but I, I'm I'm uh, glad you wrote it. Thanks. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it uh, it uh, it did it did opened a few, uh, at least a handful of doors for me. Um, the new album, Rock Supreme, is due out on April 26th. There are four songs you can check out now, and I just mentioned three other ones for anybody listening that I think are great too. So if you like those four odds, are you're gonna dig this record? Uh, all the best with this, and yeah, we'll keep uh, tabs on the tour dates, and if uh, if you get within a few hour drive of me, you can uh, plan on seeing me in the front.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, chances are better than in past years for sure.
3: That's uh that's that's obviously uh music to my ears. Thank you very much Danko. You have a wonderful rest of your day.
2: Cool, you too.
1: And we both get screwed Take off your shoes, man, sir, every clothing item. I wanna make it with you you two we're both excited Take off your shoes man sir every clothing item Let's get this going baby I know you wanna try it after tonight we've decided I'm feeling debonair. You gotta shake what you got. I wanna watch you shake it because it gets me hot. Oh, 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 oh. you like a movie star walking in your underwear. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. I'm very terrified. I gotta grow a pair. Take off your shoes, pants, shirt, every clothing item. I wanna make it with you. You do. We're both excited. Take off your shoes, man, serve every clothing item. Let's get this going, baby. I know you want to try it after tonight.
2: Hi, can I speak with
3: uh, Baco, please? <laughs> Baco.
2: Can I speak with Baco, please? You are. Oh, hi. How you doing? My name's Danko Jones. We're supposed to do an interview at twelve
0: forty-five. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.